Welcome to Once Upon a Roll, a D&D podcast where I, Rasputin, play a one-on-one session of D&D 5th edition with a guest in the land of Cortia, a homebrew setting that I've been using for the past two years. Each episode takes place at a different time and place across Cortia in order to bring new stories to my world, so if you missed an earlier episode, feel free to go back and check it out, but you will not be completely lost if you start here. Uh, for updates, information, and additional content, check out the Twitter account, Discord server, and or the Patreon. Uh, Links for everything are in the description. Without further ado, I want to introduce today's guest. You may know him as the in-house, out-of-house editor (laughs) of the Rasputin channel, Jesse Gracia. Jesse, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty all right. Thanks for asking. I'm excited to roll some dice and do stuff, probably. (laughs) No, we're just going to sit here. Okay. In silence. Uh, My question I always ask my guests... Have you played Dungeons and Dragons before? I have. I have. With you. Really? I think every time I've played it, almost. <laughs> probably, probably about probably. 98% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. One time I didn't. But yeah, no, I've been playing it for the last uh, two years, I guess. Two and a half yeah. years with you. And, two and uh, a half. Yeah. You so I guess crew? it's two years old. My yeah. intro is a lie. I'll have to update that. You will. Yeah. I'm sorry for ruining that for you. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've played a, played a good little bit of it with, uh, with you, with some of our friends and, and that has been a good time uh, i'm excited to do this uh you know, I know yeah so you you've never really ran a one-on-one been in a one-on-one session before i've not no everything's been in a group of at least three i think yeah, yeah at least yeah. three but usually four minimum uh the three was a one-off but yeah mostly very large groups so this will be interesting just having a one-on-one where i have to do more stuff but i feel like i'll be okay i feel like the characters i've played in the past have gotten me prepared to talk way too much yeah i I know for sure there's been a few times too where your character has um gotten in secret trouble uh which is the closest (laughs) thing you've probably been to a one-on-one session uh, being pulled aside and being like this is the trouble you're in uh (laughs) you've been kidnapped uh whoops so yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. As I've said before, you know, prepare for a lot of like being like, oh god, I got to do shit. Like, oh no. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's not all that different. I do wonder, like, and you'll have to let me know at the end. And I've talked to a few other guests about this. If like for people that haven't DM'd, if it feels like a step closer towards being a DM, um, because you're like responsible for so much more. Right. So you have to let me know how that feels. If you're like, oh, I'm ready now. Uh, for sure, yeah. After this session, <laughs> I think I'll be write. ready to write my own 5e uh, you know, homebrew book, if anything. 120 <laughs> uh, session adventure. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything you need to get off your chest before we start? Um, this character is based on Bayek of Siwa from <laughs> Assassin's Creed Origins almost entirely. Okay. <laughs> so I'm very sorry. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. I will not be doing the voice. Good. <laughs> Probably smart. All right. Well, well. Uh, with that off your chest, uh, <laughs> that admission, <laughs> let's uh, jump into this episode of Once Upon a Roll. The kingdom of Cortia has thrived for over a thousand years. In that time, it's endured war against powerful enemies outlasted deadly feuds between its lords, and fought against evil of both this plane and others. However, during the most recent festival of the autumn sun, the sage's ritual revealed a nearly forgotten omen, the sign of Black Sun, a symbol only seen once before, and it almost led to the destruction of Cortia. 
This story starts just a few hours before the ritual, in the capital city of Cortia. You've worked as a guard there for some time now, and the preparations for this festival of the autumn sun have been immense, and you can't think of many times in your career that you've been more busy. Between the influx of people within the city and the groups of bandits wreaking havoc closer to the city than ever before, it seems like the guard spread thin and they've outsourced jobs typically best suited for members of the city or royal guard to mercenaries. Granted, ones with fairly good reputation with members of the guard, but mercenaries all the same. And that is how you met Jonathan Fairgood, a barrel-chested man with a grin that you imagine has caught the attention of pretty young noble ladies and their overprotective fathers. His armor gleams in the sunlight, immaculate, undented, and inscribed with a crest that you don't recognize but imagine belongs to his noble house. And where do you hail from, good sir? From the faraway village of Vale. I haven't heard much about it. Yeah, it's small. Yeah. What brought you to the city of Cortia? Other than the ladies, huh? And he kind of gives you a nod <laughs> and a nudge. Uh, yes. I was sent by my parents here ten years ago. I'm the one who's supposed to be the protector of our family, but not exactly the most reliable fighter. Or I wasn't, until now. I believe I've become a rather practiced veteran over these years. Kind of gives you a look up and down, sizing you up. Can you describe to me what he what he sees? Sure, he sees a, a rather tall, six foot four, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Dark-skinned man, bald head. He's got a scar running down his, uh, his left cheek from his eye down to his jaw. Uh, he's, he's clad in chainmail, the usual Korchian guard armor, colors and all. But he's wearing a pair of sandals, because, uh, you know, he's got to look fly still, you know? That's just what it is. Uh, <laughs> and he's wearing guyliner, but no one ever comments on the guyliner. Yeah. He looks like he wouldn't take that very kindly. Okay. Jonathan kind of gives you that quick look and then, you know, looks back forward at to the direction you guys are walking. Ah, yes. Family honor and all that. Always important. Mm. Didn't know you took honor so seriously. <laughs> Honor's all we have. <laughs> Funny to hear that from a mercenary. Jonathan is an acquaintance of the deputy captain of the guard, Brandon Leffer, also known as your boss. <laughs> Brandon helped them out of a sticky spot a while back and called in his favor. So while he certainly falls into kind of the hired help. He's a little less mercenary than others, but, you know, at the end of the day, he still is somewhat known for selling his sword for hire. Yeah. The two of you have been assigned to escort the heiress to the Duchess of Tantelburg, Amelia, to the festival. There are various places people can watch the ritual of the autumn sun, and the heiress has been invited to watch from the west balcony, which, as you know, is the most prestigious place to witness the ritual, aside from the royal garden itself. Jonathan, who doesn't seem to know his way around the city, uh, is like, is it a left up here, or...? You'd think you'd know how to get around, having been all over fighting for different people, but yes, it is a left up here. I traveled the world. There are too many places to remember, too many adventures to count. He kind of gives you, like, a little scowl, being like, hmm. <laughs> This guy's a jerk. <laughs> this guy's not impressed by me. Yeah. You are walking in pretty much what's the, the west of the river area. A river cuts through 
Cortia. Um, and while Cortia is, in the overall scheme of things, the capital city of Cortia is, is, has less crime than a lot of the other major cities, you do know that you're definitely in the safer part of the city right now, be, being on the west side, which is where like the palace is, um, and a lot of noble folk typically live. You're heading to some apartments, in the direction of some apartments that uh, a handful of people that have come into the city are staying at uh, as they as they wait to attend the festival. Being a guard and being around different parts of the city and especially having guarded the palace, you're no stranger to nice, <laughs> nice homes. Not that you've really lived in one, um, but you've stood outside of them a fair bit in your time. These seem middle of the road. Seems like they could do better accommodations for their noble folk coming in, but wow. they're nice enough. Disrespectful, honestly. But yeah, you would have been given, you know, a specific number for the place that they're staying at. And yeah, you, you walk up to a door that is painted with a picture of a swan and its wings flying open and the number seven above it, which you know to be where the heiress to the Duchess of Tantelburg is staying. Well, this should be her, Jonathan. Oh, yes. You do the honors. It's polite to knock. All right. And uh, I see knocks on the door. Mm-hmm. Still, just a light knock, by the way. Just a light knock. Like a polite... Yeah, I don't want to startle her, you know? Yeah. You knock, wait a few moments. You start to hear, like, footsteps and voices beyond the door. Can you roll a perception check for me? Sure. It's it's a three. (laughs) Plus, my perception. It's a five. Yeah, you hear footsteps and voices on the other side of the door, and that's about all you can pick up from it. The footsteps get a little bit closer, and the door swings open. Uh, Standing there, you see a young girl, uh, you estimate maybe 10 or 11. Her hair is cut to her shoulders. You see she's wearing a well-made black doublet with matching pants, and there's a sword on her belt. Behind her is an older man who seems to be getting older every second. Your your grace, please, you can't go to the festival like that. Your mother... The girl turns. My mother is not here. If she were all that concerned on my appearances, I am sure she would have made the long trip down to monitor me. As I will one day be the Duchess of Tantaber, they may as well get used to me now. And she turns. Are you my escort? And she looks at you, uh, and not Jonathan. Uh, Yes. I... Uh, Asim bows. Uh, I am Asim Fakhri from Korcha. I am here to escort you with my assistant, Jonathan, last name. <laughs> Fair good. He, he, as you say, Jonathan, and I imagine pause. Yeah. Fair good, my lady. And he gives like a very ostentatious bow. Certainly, like there are pleasantries and politenesses that you'd want to do to a duchess or duke. Do you? Are you kind of? taken aback so you don't do the normal like greeting or do you still do the polite like because you would know them you know as, yeah right as the over the top you know duchess of whatever you know Tantelbur. <laughs> yeah Tantelbur. no i know i, I not just have this memorized. The, i do it's written down right here i'm looking at it <laughs> just the <laughs> yeah just all that nonsense the, you know greetings duchess of Tantelbur. you know i am mm-hmm. a seam fockery of the royal guard of Korcha. And I'm here to escort you to wherever. You you give the polite correct bow. Uh, Fairgood kind of goes over the top with it to the point where like she kind of gives him a look, and and you take it like, is this guy mocking me? Like she's almost like, is this guy mocking me? <laughs> yeah, but he stands up and she nods, and she turns to to the old man. 
Andal, my escort is here. I will be back later tonight. Uh, all right. And he seems just defeated, knowing uh, that he's not going to win this battle. <laughs> but yeah, she steps out. She, I guess before, like after you do your bow, does put like a hand, I guess, up because you're super tall and she's a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like very in a polite way, you know, puts her hand up. It's like, it's a pleasure to meet you. You too. She has a firm handshake for, you know, a 10-year-old girl. (laughs) Good handshake. And then she steps forward, you know, puts her hands behind her back and starts like a very straight, polished walk forward back towards the way of the palace. Ondil, good day. Jonathan, come on. Jonathan gives another bow and turns and starts walking alongside you. Uh, And as we're walking away, uh, Seam's going to put his hand on the back of uh, Jonathan's neck. Listen, fair good. Do not mock me around the Duchess. You may not take our customs seriously, but we are respected. Do not lose our respect. He lets him go. Roll an intimidation check. I feel like he's got a high intimidation stat. Probably. probably. I mean, plus he's one, a plus four one's not great. But, the, he's know. a plus four dude with a massive scar. So <laughs> kind of probably. Yeah, there's the 18. That's a 19. He kind of like freezes. And like, as soon as you put a hand on him, you see him kind of quiver a bit. I, I meant no I meant no offense, sir. I, I, I apologize. Yes, yes, yes. And then he kind of, as you let go, like walks into line next to Amelia. He seems like he would have said something before to her, maybe chatted her ear off, but he kind of keeps just giving you like sidelong glances, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, keeps his mouth shut as you guys begin walking back to the capital. Nice. Uh, as you're walking, Amelia kind of turns her head to you. Asim, how long have you been a god in the city? For eight years. I've been training and fighting for longer than that, but for the last eight, I've been working for the Royal Guard. She nods. Did you hear the circumstances of why I need an escort to the festival? As is my job, I just listen to commands, but no, I'm not aware of the reasons. My guard on our way down here was attacked. by Some bandits outside of the city half died. The other half are too hurt to do anything much more than lay in bed. Has it been like this long outside the city? Quite some time, yes. You would say probably, you know, for the last two or three months leading up to the festival, Mm. it has increased quite a bit in terms of bandits getting a little more brazen, getting closer to the city, attacking. Obviously, there's always threats outside of the city, but, but much more, it seems like... It's been this gradual thing of, as the festival has drawn nearer, uh, more attacks happening. And part of it is probably, you know, it's this big thing of all these rich people coming to one place and having the chance to grab them. But it certainly does seem strange. And it's created pretty high tensions within the city. You have been put on a few alerts of of just keeping an eye on the moods, I suppose, of, of the people in the city of Cortia, uh, making sure fights aren't breaking out, making sure any sort of tensions that are building with big groups of people are dispelled pretty quickly. Anytime that a festival of the autumn sun comes around, there's usually a fair bit of, of stress and worry. Every 10 years, they hold the festival of the autumn sun to dictate what the next 10 years of, of harvest will be like. Everyone always prays for the sign of the gold sun, which 
promises another decade of bountiful harvests. But most would do with the green sun, which will not be as bountiful, but still give many people enough to eat across the kingdom. The yellow sun is a pretty typical average yield. The brown sun, which is what has come up for the last two festivals, is certainly below average. Crops rotting in the fields, just in general the omen of bad luck coming and sometimes maybe monsters <laughs> destroying crops. There's the blue sun, which is rare, that promises frosts, which typically means we need to harvest things earlier. <laughs> or else right. uh, we're going to lose things. Um, right, that's the long night, gotcha. <laughs> uh, no, no, I know. The long night is the sign of the black sun, which people don't like to talk about, so we won't. Black sun. I'm pretending I don't know what this is. Bad one. <laughs> after after two years, or two, not two years, I guess two festivals with the brown sun, you know, there are some people whispering, oh, we're due, like we are due for the golden sun. Others are saying, if it keeps going this way, we're going to have the sign of the Black Sun and all will be lost. So there is a lot of this like nervous anticipation and anxiety around that fear. And whenever people talk about the Black Sun, which has only happened once before in the history, and it marked the sun disappearing until the king died and then the sun returned. It's always talked about in whispers. You know, no one's like in the middle of a tavern being like, ah, the Black Sun's coming. Remember when like, that happened? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that was like hundreds and hundreds. No one was alive for it. It's right. in the place that's almost like, is this a myth? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there, there's just been a lot of anticipation on, on what the sign would be. And there's been a lot of people critical of the king who's been king for those past two festivals, for sure. Uh, so probably for the last 20, 30 years. And as far as food goes for many people, uh, it, it has gotten worse. Things have gotten worse over his reign. So there's some criticism of him as well. But that's normal. I mean, if people <laughs> aren't complaining about the king, who who would they be complaining who's about? Who's not? Hashtag not my king. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Amelia uh, walking with you, you know, giving you the little lowdown of what happened to her garden, asking, have things gotten worse? Right. Then turns and says, how do you feel about the upcoming festival and the ritual? Well, after the last ritual and the brown sun before it, I'm hoping for at least a green, maybe even, you know, a yellow would be okay. Anything better than a brown. <laughs> he gives an awkward smile. <laughs> I don't know if I believe any of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you would not be the only person. You know, it's the yields do not always equal the predictions, but people rarely pay attention to that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's also not obviously a <laughs> modern day where it's easy to be like, hey, this is how much corn we harvested <laughs> this past year. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, yeah. People, people definitely hold, a lot of people hold true to this because it's the only information they feel like they have as commoners. You as someone a little more informed. Yeah. Being skeptical is not all that strange. Right. She says, well, Tantalboro's along the coast. We've made most of our money from fishing, so probably works better for us to have the brown sun, but I imagine I'd rather have more people with full bellies than more gold in my hand. My mother would disagree, but she's not here, huh? Suppose not. That is very righteous of you, though, Lady Amelia. She gives a little nod. Just seems what's right. You'd be surprised how few nobles would agree. I assume your mother would be one of them. You see her, like, kind of pulling up a glove on her hand, as if it was, like, slipping off some. My mother was raised in a different time than me, one where lords, dukes, barons, all a little more competitive with each other. King Aiden has 
done a lot to try to quell uprising between lords and issues between them in general. With that lack of competition, I think has probably changed some of our deals. You see, like, Fairgood seems like he really wants to jump in and start talking, but then he kind of like, looks at you. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, oh. Something to say, Fairgood? Um, no. No, not at all. Hmm, right. Well, Lady Amelia, where will we be heading? You... I suppose would actually know the way you're heading, uh, oh, <laughs> and okay. be in charge of it. Um, as oh, we've just been well, walking behind well, her, I thought. Yeah, was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you would be like walking next to her, kind of leading her, as, oh, okay. as something your character would know, like the ways through the city. Right. You kind of look ahead, and you see the path you took is now starting to be filled with more and more common folk as they head to like the viewing area of. The, the ritual, okay. you would probably be like, all right, I'm going to take it back way. I don't want to lead a noble yeah, through, through a crowd of very coming. nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's more of like you see that they're kind of nervous and, and you've heard a few things of like commoners beating the shit out of noble people. Right. So you know to kind of keep it away from the common folk, especially in this time of anxiety. So you take a back path and head to the palace. Uh, you know the only way to the west balcony is... Um, through the castle itself. So yeah, eventually you get up to a little gate that leads into the massive castle of Cortia. You recognize the guard working there who gives you a nod. So, uh, uh, a meal. A <laughs> yes, it is me, a meal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, he ushers you through, gives his customary bow to the heiress to the Duchess of Tantalbur. Right. And yeah. Asim salutes him on the way in. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Emil, was it? Emil, that's his name. Emil salutes uh, scene back. <laughs> and yeah, you walk through, you know, a hallway of the Massive Palace. You've been working here for eight years, not always stationed within the palace. You've probably done more shifts as like what would be constituted as the city guard opposed to like the straight up royal guard. Right. But you have, you know, filled in a few shifts. Uh for for the royal guard too uh even though you've been here for eight years spent some time at the castle it's massive and if it weren't for the attendants kind of pointing you in the right direction uh you'd probably get lost right you know you're led down a few hallways up a lot of steps and eventually you come to a doorway you see two attendants standing in front of it there's a short little line all people dressed in fine robes and dresses you wait in the line i imagine oh yeah yeah. You know, prim and proper. Do what you're supposed to. Follow the rules. Yeah. Amelia just stands there, straight-backed, hands behind her back, trying to look kind of uh, as big as she possibly can. <laughs> you know, which doesn't work that well. But you do, you do notice there is, like, a confidence to her. And she does seem to fill in, like, more space in a room <laughs> than you'd expect a, a girl of her size to. Right. Um, but yeah. You wait in line eventually get up to the attendants. Amelia pulls a little paper from her her pouch and hands it to them. They read it over. They kind of like looked at her at first and assumed she was probably some like ward uh, for for some other lord. Uh, right. But then like read, you know, heiress to the Duchess of Tantabur and they both give <laughs> deep vows. Like, oh, yes, Duchess, uh, your grace, uh, please. And they open the door. The, the west balcony, as you walk out, uh, you see it's probably about like 200 by 200 feet. The only entrance in or out is the way you just came. Okay. It overlooks the city. It's pretty high up. You look out and you see 
way, way below are thousands of common folk lining up below the royal garden, which essentially you're on this balcony. It overlooks to your left, essentially, the royal garden, which itself is kind of a balcony that overlooks the, the city streets and kind of the noble square. Okay. Ha- has Asim been here before? Has he been at this point in the castle where he could see out, yeah. see this view? Okay. Yeah. It would probably be a place that, like, you've come up to a few times because there's, like, no prettier place <laughs> right. really to view the city from. Uh, you look out and, you know, you can see all all the buildings. And the way the city is built pretty much, like, they get smaller as you look further east and move further away. Um, in the distance, you can see the sea kind of lapping against beaches just outside of the city proper. It, it's a beautiful sight. Yeah, you've um, painted a beautiful picture in my mind. I, I could smell the ocean. You know, there are gulls. <laughs> the, nice. <laughs> give me, can you give me a gull sound real quick? <laughs> oh, beautiful. It's like I'm there. Quite the view, Fairgood. He gives a nod. Uh, he seems, like, genuinely impressed. The kind of, like face that he puts on all the time to be like, oh, yes, I'm Jonathan Fairgood, is gone for a second as he looks out. Even Amelia seems uh, a little impressed by it. She walks in with you all, and as you step, you know, onto West Balcony, you're met with the sounds of music and also sights of very rich people looking slightly upset that they're not with the likes of even more rich people. (laughs) Amelia gets a fair amount of looks from other nobles at first, and then some of them start to see the crest on her doublet, realize who she is and that she outranks most of them. (laughs) And, you know, they start coming up and giving some gracious bows and whatnot. And then she walks over to the balcony to kind of like the the railing of the balcony to kind of get a better view out uh, of of what you had seen, like right when you walked out. Yeah. Do you just walk with her kind of? Sorry, is this like a uh, secluded spot? Like, is she going to be separate from where I am? Like, is this like a room? I mean, I guess it's not a room. Like, so the balcony is all outside. Like, it's all so it's all just this big, like, Great Gatsby outdoor balcony thing going on. Big space, lots of people standing around, tables with hors d'oeuvres on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. As long as she's in eye shot and she's not talking to anyone, Asim tries to stay back and give her space because while she's a kid he also respects that she's relatively high ranking and probably uh, wants to be a human being and not uh, you know cattle so he tries to hang back with uh, Fairgood as long as she's not having a conversation with anyone yeah uh, for a while she just looks over eventually a family of seemingly noble people kind of come up and give her some pleasantries and start having a discussion with her okay Asim would try to get closer just to make sure he knows what's okay. going on so yeah, are you like just kind of leaning on the railing, like ten feet away? Like, yeah, just you know, scoping okay. out the view, standing there with Fairgood. I don't know. Every time I think about Jonathan Fairgood, dude, he's eating an apple. Like every time I see him in my mind, he's he's munching on a big old red delicious. <laughs> I'd say at this point he might actually be. Uh, That's perfect. All right, but, Asim, yeah. Asim slaps the apple out of his hand. <laughs> what? What? We have a job to what? do. You can enjoy the food after. Fine. Come along. Um, yeah, you you walk a little closer to just kind of listen. It seems all pretty polite and easy enough. Oh, it's a shame your mother couldn't be here, uh, which you see like she kind of bristles at that. And then, you know, she talks about some of the trouble they had on the road. Right. As you're kind of staying on the balcony, observing her, probably taking a few like glances away. So, you know, probably feel like you're creeping too much. Yeah, you <laughs> like, know. Obviously you're not. <laughs> Yeah, but just like trying to be like that dad who's like totally not there, you know. Yeah, I'm not listening. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what you guys yeah. are talking about. 
Yeah, you, you look over the balcony down to the royal garden below. So as I said before, it's kind of like this balcony looks down on that, which right. then looks down on the city below. You do see two long staircases going down from the royal garden balcony into the city streets, which like by city streets, it is the section that typically on a normal day, only nobles would really have access to. But uh, for the sake of people watching the festival, they're brought in and allowed to be in there. You do see like those staircases are guarded by a lot of people, like a lot of guards. You recognize most of them, you know, Brike. <laughs> Clive's favorite, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the homie. Where's Emil? Is he just still standing outside? Uh, Emil's at a different door. Okay. I'm sorry this always happens to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I named some stupid character. It's all I care about. Okay. Fairgood's standing with me, right? Yeah. Okay. See people I recognize? Is there anything uh, important down there going on? Or uh, I mean, as you look, the staircase, yeah, just guards kind of standing there. Sometimes, you know, having to be like, move away from the staircase. You can't hear that, but you can see the <laughs> waving even from this distance. As you look in the royal garden itself, you see like in the center of it, the most notable thing would be three like pretty big finely made chairs sitting in the middle in a line kind of forming by them. You are like 200 or 300 feet above, so it's not the perfect view, but you have good enough eyes to see, you know. One of them is who you recognize to be the princess, uh, wearing a long flowing blue dress. On the other side is the prince in a handsome blue doublet. And in the middle, you see King Aidan Bennett. He seems to be wearing robes that even from this distance look slightly tattered, which you know, isn't all that odd for him in recent right. years. You've probably met him like once or twice, you know, like yeah. just passing by. Like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's the king. Oh, wow. That's so like, cool. You're guarding <laughs> someone in a meeting and he's like, oh, like he sees you walking down the hall. He's like, oh, uh, a brim. And you're like, yeah, yeah. yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but you've known him and from the way people talk about him, especially ever since his wife died, he has kind of changed the way he approaches things. He doesn't seem to care all that much about the lavish lifestyle of being a king. He sold a lot of his jewelry um, to get gold, to raise gold for the common folk, um, which, you know, some people, obviously the people that benefited from it were like, yeah, this is awesome. Other people can look down and be like, yeah, that's great. Uh, good thing he's doing. But most people think it's not enough you know, right. uh, for, for the grander scheme of things. And he is trying to help people on too small of a scale for a king. But all in all, he, from what you know, has seems like as far as nobles go, and you've met a lot of them, he's a real one. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> yeah. While we're looking down, a scene would probably turn to fair good. Mm -hmm. So this is what it feels like to look down on them. He like smiles at you and seems, this is a are you making a joke right now? What? Because this is quite funny. I, I I didn't think you were capable of one. This is not a joke, no. Oh. Oh. It's, it's an interesting feeling to be in this position like this. Obviously, I've been here before, but not in this position. Not with these people. I've never considered what it's like to be one of them looking down on everyone else. It feels powerful. Yes, in my hometown, my father was the second son, and... His eldest brother took control of the lands, gave portions to each brother, and they all vied for the spot of being my uncle's right-hand man. They all did different things to show their power, and one day my father built a tower on his land. Then his younger brother built a tower of his own, which is a little bigger than my father's, and another brother still built his own tower, which was bigger than the both. 
So my father went and rebuilt his tower to be bigger than theirs. This went on for a handful of years. They rebuilt towers, and eventually my father built the biggest and became my uncle's right-hand man. Hmm. Sometimes power is looking down on people. And from the sounds of your story, it's a child's game. Well, no. My father built a very tall tower. I... (laughs) (laughs) My father and my mother worked on a farm. That was it. No fancy games, no competitions for power. All they did was ensure that I had the life I needed. Clothes on my back, food in my belly, a roof over our head, and, 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 and that was it. We didn't care much for that competition. These last years here has been a good reminder of how humble my life used to be, and how everything I've done here is just to support them. When I go back, my job will be to protect the village. There will be no looking down. There will be no one looking down on me. It will just be us again. Sorry, Fairgood. A little contemplative for (laughs) no reason. You didn't need to know that. You see him, like, uh, looking over a tray that a server had brought over, uh, kind of trying to pick which he wants. He's like, oh, sorry, what was that? He picks out a hors d'oeuvre, puts it in his mouth. (laughs) Asim looks at the same tray and grabs one as well. <laughs> the food smells delicious. That's all. <laughs> Don't speak with your mouth full. <laughs> Asim eats the hors d'oeuvre and looks over at uh, Amelia. Yeah, she uh, is alone at the moment, kind of just looking out. Uh, then Asim will walk up and ask her if there's, uh, if there's anything she needs, anything he and Jonathan can do for her. Thank you, Asim. No, I, I don't believe there is. I'm just ready for this ritual to be over. Quite frankly, I'm ready to be home. It's been a journey that I haven't loved, but one that is my duty and one I'm ready to take on. But the sooner all this is done, the better. Hmm. You're very mature for your age, Amelia. I'm sure you hear that often. You see her loosen her posture a bit and she kind of leans forward and puts her elbows on the railing i'm sorry my lady not to offend well you say that but all of my household staff and my mother all say i'm a wild child never listens to rules never listens to anything guess it's all about perspective i suppose that's true my lady if i may when i was younger i considered myself to be quite the uh, rambunctious one. A lot of running around, a lot of uh, teasing my father and hiding things, lots of games and lots of getting in trouble with the law and the city, but obviously not <laughs> not the same level of seri- seriousness as, as what you're going through. Uh, my, my, my point is you are who you believe you are. You're not beholden to the opinions of of your parents. You may feel like that, but in time, their power will be yours, and who you are to them will not matter. All that will matter is who you are to yourself. Uh, roll a persuasion check. Sure. Persuading her to believe in herself. You got this. You got this, little homegirl. 13. Persuasion is probably not that good. Minus one, so 12. (laughs) She gives you, like, a little smile and straightens up a bit. She seems to appreciate the words in general. Whether or not they sink in deeper, you know, it's hard to tell, but 
Right. She appreciates your effort. Yeah, on a scale of 20, she, you know, that seemed to, <laughs> seemed to hit her about 12. That's not bad. That's not bad. You hear a horn from below. Um, as you look down, you know, you see people kind of stand up, including the king. You look, you, you aside from obviously the, the king, the princess, and the prince, you recognize a handful of people down there. Some are prestigious figures from the capital. Uh, others are lords from other cities in Cortia. And you even notice a group of adventurers who've been gaining some local fame uh, for doing some work from Brandon. They saved one of your friends, Randall, uh, right. and they've started to get some fame known as the Cowmen. You do not really get it either. <laughs> that's a stupid name. <laughs> yeah, that's what that that's uh, what Asimus thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you see everyone kind of stand to attention. You you've never been here for a festival before, so while you've probably met a lot of like the lords from different visits over the years, or not met, obviously, but seen them walk by <laughs> uh, with their processionals like, coming into the city. You've never seen so many in one place. You see right. Lord Soren Eld of Tiport. You see Tom Dunn of Edgewood. It, it's it's odd to see so many well-known people in, in one concentrated place. You see coming out of um, a doorway is someone you have never really met before, but... He's a well-known figure in the city, uh, Archsage Emil. Not Emil, like your friend guard, but <laughs> right. Emil. Yeah. <laughs> a character who has existed long before the one you just created. No. Uh, Emil's been here since day one, man. We grew up together, man. <laughs> Trained with him and everything. The Archsage walks out, and you see kind of at the edge of the royal garden is a massive ceremonial pot. Uh, and, and you see... Emil walk up to it with a few other sages in tow. He puts his hands out and yells something towards the crowd that you can't really hear from this distance, but you imagine it's something like, ah, yes, the ritual begins, <laughs> or something along those lines. He bows his head, and you know he's most likely starting to say the holy words of the ritual. You obviously can't hear what he's saying from here. And from what you know about it, most of it's in a different language anyway that you don't really understand, so... Darn, I should have picked whatever language that was. <laughs> a few minutes pass as he continues along. You see him adding things into this pod as everyone kind of watches with this anticipation. Um, these nerves building up. It's... It's odd to be in such a massive open city where you, from your view, can literally see thousands of people and have it seem like if a pin dropped, everyone would hear it. But that's, that's about what it is. Maybe after about 10 minutes, he steps back and the liquid inside the potion starts to pour over the side. Gold. The golden sun, the sign that harvest will be bountiful. Life will come easier. A cheer starts up in the audience. Asim wouldn't care, you know, he's too cool for all this, but he sees the gold and he does a little, like a little, yes, like, okay. But then the cheers are choked out as a black bubble breaks the tension of the liquid. And then another and another. There's a moment of silence after, you know, those kind of quick, like little cheers and even the jump from Asim. And then it's followed by too many noises to really take in. There's screams that come from all directions. Angry yells can be heard. Gasps from the nobles in the West Balcony make it to your ears. And then you hear the sound 
of many feet at one time, all charging. You see people start to storm up the staircase, knocking your fellow guards to the side and trampling others. You see Bryke, who is in the middle, fall off the side and land onto the ground head first. You see the people in the royal garden turn and begin to flee inside the castle as the crowd gets nearer to them and closer up the stairs and up to the balcony. As you look back toward the city, you already see some smoke coming from a few buildings. All right, uh, Asim grabs Lady Amelia and uh, they're they're getting out of here. Very good, come on. (laughs) He's like, what is happening? He can't move. Amelia, like, turns with you. Like, you see, like, she looks terrified, but she she's ready to act as soon as you give the direction to. But Farragut's just kind of standing there. Hey, fool, come on! Yeah, you yell fool. Do you, like, grab him at all or just yell it? Or I just snap in front of his face and yell at him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you get within two inches and he kind of, like, shakes his head. In this moment, at least, he seems slightly more afraid of you than he does <laughs> of, of this distant crowd. You see the nobles all on here who are a little closer to the door because you've been by, you know, the edge of the balcony are running towards the door, all trying to crowd through at the same time. It seems like slow going through there. But yeah, Amelia is at your side looking terrified. You see like, uh, make a perception check. All right. That is 16. Okay. You like kind of look out. You see that the mob has, you know, continued to run. You see a handful of them as they've, like, moved into the royal garden and trying to, like, get into the doors that have just been shut by the nobles down there behind them. You see others, like, point up to the balcony you're at and kind of run to the side of it. You you look down, you see there is, like, ivy all along it. Uh, definitely difficult to climb, but, but possible. You turn and, and you see, like, one tear kind of drop down Amelia's face, which she very quickly wipes away, and replaces that with just a face of determination. What do you do? Jeez. Um, okay. So my options are fiddle with this door or climb the vines. You look and you're certain, you certainly could. It'd be difficult uh, for a lot of different reasons. Right. But it's, yeah, really, at this point, your two main options to get out are either, you know, go through a clogged door or climb some dangerous vines. So it, it's slim pickings. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Slim Pickens. Um, God, the vines sound like a good way to fall to my death. Um, but the door sounds like a good way to get in the face of a lot of people that are going to kill us. But I can fight the people. I can't fight falling. <laughs> I think I'll go with the door. Yeah, so I guess Asim will run up to the door. Are there any other guards in the area, or is it just a bunch of nobles and me and Fairgood? You know, there's some other escorts okay. uh, for nobles, and, you know, there were a few guards along the way. It seems like a lot have rushed towards like the doors down below where people are trying to break into right but yeah there are still a couple with me okay so a scene will go to the door that was locked by the other nobles uh, and try to force it open just on his first try on his own yeah so the door is not locked it is oh. just like there are like a hundred people all trying to get through it at the same oh, time oh okay yeah so blocked not locked well then so we just got to wait for them all to pile through. Yeah, or you could try to shove through them, you know. Oh, well, yeah, dude. 100%. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. so, okay, yeah, try on his own first. Are you, like, holding Amelia's oh, Holding arm? Amelia's, like, yeah, her arm. I guess ugh, he's short and he's big. Yeah, as much as he can without holding her hand. He's not her father. He doesn't do that, even if it's to save her life. Yeah, he's going to, like, hold her by the forearm, trying to move his way through the crowd. 
and see if that works on his own first. All right. Are you trying to do it like forcefully or like sliding through when you can? In a bit of a scramble, it's going to be forceful, yeah. Okay. Then make a strength check. Okay. Hey, that's a 20, baby. Plus the strength plus two. You're able to like push through a lot of these people. You do your best to forget the lessons you've learned of how to treat nobles. <laughs> and yeah, you push through. You get a few looks of shock. It seems like people are mostly a little too in shock to care because yeah. they're all trying to push. Exactly. You do get a few people like who see you push and, and one of them is like, do you know who I am? Uh, but then they're like pushed away and fall to the ground <laughs> and, and you, you, you keep moving along. Yeah, it's very good following. I guess Asim would look back. Fairgood is following in the path that you're creating. He's not really being forceful. He's just trying to get like through yeah. the little cracks. He's sliding created. through like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. He's, <laughs> just, he's a brute. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do we get all the way through or? Yeah. You, you get through. You get through the doorway, which then opens up into the bigger hall. And you see people running down. You know, the women wearing dresses are having to hold up <laughs> their skirts uh, as far as they can to have a good range of motion panicked yelling you hear even though it's down below you can hear what sounds like <laughs> massive thuds on doors below what do you do Jeez, okay i mean i know the layout of this place well enough right you feel like even though you've definitely as i mentioned before gotten lost in it not been familiar you would know how to get back the way you came today because you're not like a total idiot right you know that well enough, yeah. And the way I came today was is this downstairs or through the hall? Yeah, you you would have gone down a floor. You would have been like down two major floors pretty much. Like there's the one that the Royal Garden's on and then one below it. Okay. And then you came in from a side entrance. Okay. My mind's telling me downstairs, but my body's telling me through the hallway. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go downstairs. Yeah, you see people going all <laughs> sorts of different directions trying to figure out through the different hallways where to go the best way out that doesn't lead them to a uh, <laughs> uh, group of people. Some of them seem to get into rooms, shut the door behind them, and you quickly hear the sound of, like, bookshelves, like everything just piling in the door uh, in order to protect themselves. But you head towards the stairs. There's obviously a handful of staircases in this building, but you probably head to one close by with as few people as possible. <laughs> Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. You do notice that, like, a few nobles, like, follow along with you, seeing you in, like, the courting guard uniform. What you've noticed is most of the guards at that party seem to be personal guards for the various nobles. Right. So they know less about the area. Uh, but yeah, you you run down the stairs. Okay. Um, oh, so there's other guards following us then. Like personal well, there's guards. other armed people. Yeah. yeah, other mercenaries, basically. Not the same position. They are hired. They're not, like, you know, just contract workers. They are working for them, specifically. But just, like, yeah. other guards, basically. General concept well, yeah. of, like, people who could yeah. fight. Okay. As we make our way down the stairs, it seemed we'd probably stop at the bottom and take a look around. He wouldn't go all the way down. He would just see if he could look around a corner to see what's going on. Okay, so would you, would you be going to the base floor where you came in or to the royal garden floor? I imagine you were trying to... Probably the garden floor, just to stop okay. and see what's going on, because as much as he does want to follow through with protecting Amelia, he does also want to make sure his fellow guardsmen aren't falling for no reason. Yeah. So yeah, stop on the garden floor, and before he goes to peek around the corner, goes any further past, like, I'm guessing it's like, what, a couple flights of stairs before each floor? It would not be like the normal size of a flight of stairs. 
if that makes sense. It's just like in, in this place, the floors are pretty, pretty big, very high ceilings, like, you know, whatever, a normal floor is probably like 12 feet or whatever. This is like, each floor is maybe like, has a ceiling that's like 50 feet. Okay. Uh, so it'd be like multiple flights of stairs, but only like one story. Okay. Once we reach like the middle point or like closer to the bottom of the flight of stairs towards the garden floor, uh, mm-hmm. a scene would turn to Fairgood and be like, all right. I'm going to check what's going on down there. Before we go, watch Amelia. She steps forward and unsheaths a bit of her sword and says, I can fight with you. I'm sure you can, my lady, but in this instance, I don't want anything to happen to you. We don't even know what's going on or what you would be fighting. So while I appreciate your offer, please stay with Fairgood. Roll a persuasion check. This is 16. Okay. She puts it back in and gives it on. I'll be back shortly. Asim goes down the stairs just to take a peek around, see what's going on. Yeah. You look, you see, like, nobles that were in the royal garden, like, running through the hallways here, trying to find a safe place to go. Some go down various hallways. Some some do the same as people on the floor above, where they get into rooms and try to barricade them. Some just seem so panicked and afraid that they're, like, almost paralyzed, like, sitting in the hallway. Like, oh, oh. You look out and you see kind of a massive door, which you know leads directly to the garden. You see a big bar is across it and a few guards, royal guards, like have their shoulders against it. And you can just hear on the outside yells through the wooden stone banging against the door. Uh, it seems like the mob is is trying to break through. Okay, but not any like obvious attackers on the floor or anything? Just people running not in yet. panic? yeah. Okay, but they're going to be coming through that door, I would guess. It seems that way, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. But that's not the door out, right? That's just the door for the that's floor? That's the door to the garden. Right, okay. Which could be a way out, but there's also thousands of, <laughs> thousands of people over yeah. there, so probably a bad way. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, from the sounds of it, yeah, not great, not great. Okay, yeah. are there any other sort of things that look like they might be exits? Maybe it's just people frantically running that door and the stairs that's kind of it yeah yeah okay all right then i'll head back up the stairs uh, in motion for everyone to follow just as we make our way down the rest of the stairs i guess okay yeah you see the people that were kind of like following along with you continued on um right. they didn't really want to wait <laughs> yeah no so fair. at this point it's really fair good and amelia and fair good is like he is moving obviously with you guys he does seem to have that same look that you notice some of the people like in the hallway have of like oh my god <laughs> what did i get myself into uh seems seems paralyzed uh, okay a bit with fear but moving along like based on your sheer intimidation <laughs> okay can i roll insight on that yeah i don't not believe it i just want to react properly it's mm. a six yeah all right whatever then <laughs> yeah he just looks scared yeah okay then Asim will grab Amelia from Fairgood as they're making their way down after he notices the look on his face. Just look at him and say, uh, Look, I understand. It's frightening, Fairgood. We don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. From the sounds of it, nobody does. But you cannot be afraid right now. We have a job to do. Follow along or get out of my way. Uh, Roll, you have this weird mix of intimidation and yeah. persuasion i'm gonna say <laughs> i'll give you intimidation because because okay. it ends with like a get out of my way <laughs> yeah that's the classic it's an intimidation this time phrase uh it's an 11 okay he seems 
you know, to slightly snap into it, but it's mostly still following because like, this man is in front of me telling me to move this way. I will move this way. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, okay. Running on pure adrenaline. I don't know what's happening. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. All right, then we uh, make our way down the rest of the flight of stairs. Okay, so you go to the the to wherever we here. entered from. Yeah. Okay. Do you look into the hallway that you had just spied in before, or you're just? Uh, my original down? idea was uh, with stopping on the floor was that hopefully the rest of the people would stay if there was enemies there, but they didn't. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to do that this time. <laughs> okay, so you just move past that floor. Yeah. Okay. As you're moving, make a perception check. Okay. Ooh, that's a nat one, baby. Yeah, you keep moving down the stairs. <laughs> you, you, you get to the base floor, and you're looking out at a hallway in front that you know, maybe not the straight shot, but you know it's just a few turns to get to the entrance that you were at before. Okay. Uh, are there any windows nearby? We must be low enough now that if we were to jump out of a window, we wouldn't be, like, done for, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. Are there any windows nearby? No, not in the hallways. Okay. You, from what your understanding of it, at least in this part of it, the windows will all be in like rooms. Right. Okay. Are there any rooms with open doors? Probably not, right? Everyone's probably barricaded rooms. Yeah, yeah. There are no rooms with open doors. You don't know if every single one's locked or barricaded, but right. yeah. Okay. How many doors are there? <laughs> Too many to count. Okay. All right. If that I was going to say, just try one Notably. if there's like six. If the one's not at whatever run, but if there's like 80, forget it. Yeah, there's there's probably closer to a tune of 80. I mean, as you look down this hallway and knowing that the other hallways that you like walked walk through, you know that, yeah, lots of doors, lots of Okay, doors. all right, well, we won't do that then. At the end of the hall, do I see anything? At the end of this hallway, there's like a turn to the right. Okay. So no, no one's down there at the okay. moment. Don't see any shadows or anything? I guess the light would probably... Stop. Yeah, not not from this distance. Okay, all right. Then I lead the two to the end of the hallway, just at the corner. I'm gonna peek around the corner. Okay. Or well, do I see any like any like mirrors in the hallway? No. Okay. Do you see like some suits of armor, things like that? Okay. Like paintings and whatnot, but not really mirrors okay. or anything like that. Yeah. Then just peeking around the corner with my big old stupid bald head. Yeah. Are you trying to be stealthy about it? Yeah, trying All to. Right. So that'll be a fun roll. Roll a stealth check. Sure. Ah, plus one for that. That's not bad. 17. Okay. Yeah. You you peek around. You make, make a perception check. Okay. That is a 17. Or sorry, perception. That's uh, 20, actually. So the harder to spot things that you'd notice, it seems like down this hallway is the door that you came through. You know, right. probably like 100 feet down. You see... Uh, uh, a meal, <laughs> not to be confused with Emil. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the, sage. the arch sage. Yeah, no, different person. You see a few other guards, you know, barricading the massive gates, and coming down the hallway, you see probably a group of like eight guards, uh, all dressed in the. What you wouldn't really notice on them is you see the swirl of the tree that's the crest of Edgewood. Okay. So the House of the Duns. You see them walking down the hallway, and they begin talking with Emil and and the other guards. They're walking towards the door that, like, Emil and stuff are guarding? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and this hallway is just another collection of doors, like the previous hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Asim is going to, with Lady Amelia and, and uh, Fairgood, they're going to walk up to 
the crowd, follow, following behind them, but not, you know, running up or anything. Just He sees guards, they're going leisurely towards something. Probably okay. Uh, as they're walking, he just says to Farragut, like, finally, oh, hopefully they can help us. As you walk around the corner and start walking, you see the Edgewood guards pull out their swords and stab all of the Courtine guards in the back. You see a sword go right through Emil's gut as he, like, turns his head and looks at one of them and holds the wound, and they just start stabbing all of them uh, as they fall to the ground. Okay. Uh, Asim stops and puts his arm out to stop Fairgood. Is there, like, any nook we could hide in? Probably not. Straight hallway. You could go back around the corner. You could jump into a room. Okay, are any of the room doors open near us? In this hallway? Yeah. Uh, none of the doors are open. Okay, uh, grab the closest door and try to just fiddle with the handle, see if it'll open. Okay. Are you trying to be quiet? Uh, hmm. Because if they, like, turn around, they see you. Yeah, I would probably do this in the midst of them stabbing people or trying to do this in the midst (laughs) of that. So I think I'd have enough space to make a little noise. I I don't know, I guess average speed. (laughs) All right, first I'm going to have you... There's probably, like, four doors that you would be like, this is my instinctual door, right? Uh, Roll a d4. Okay. Two. Okay. Yeah, you uh, pick a door to your left and you try to turn it open. You feel it open, and there's, like, a bit of resistance. Like, it opens a bit, but it seems to hit something. Okay. Shit. Okay, and at this point, the stabbing has ended. Uh, I mean, the... the... I guess they gotta be mid-fight. It's not like you could just stab them. Yeah. There's one or two that are kind of fighting along. Okay. Yeah, it's not completely done. (laughs) Okay, I'll make a more forceful push, then. All right, you're gonna make a combination... Stealth and strength checks. Yeah. First, yeah, make a stealth check first. Okay. Oh, why'd you roll off the 20? Uh, that is a six. Okay. And then make a strength check. Sure. Jeez. If you want to make it at disadvantage, I'll give you a re-roll on stealth. (laughs) So it's really, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a crapshoot either way. (laughs) Oh, I'm just going to roll the strike check. Do it. <laughs> oh, that's a four. Okay. Jesus. Yeah, you push. It moves a bit, and you feel someone from the other side, like, push a hand on the door and close it. Oh. Okay. Jeez, there's someone there. I, the only way I can get in there is forcing it open harder, and then they'll mm-hmm. know I'm there if I whisper, you know. Like, how are they going to believe me? So what I will say is, as the door shuts, as someone on the other side pushes it, you see a head of one of the Edgewood guards turn and point at you. Fuck. Okay. Ah. Okay. Shit. The only options I have here are that or run through that long-ass hallway. Okay, now I'm really forcibly trying to open the door and getting Fairgood to help me. Fairgood! And then we try to bust the door open. Okay. <laughs> Roll a strength at advantage. Okay, that's a, that's a nine. Come on. Big money, big money, no way, no way, no way, no way, that's a 20, let's go! All right, <laughs> 22. It was pushed against you. You see three of the group, the guards, starting to walk towards you. Fergus like, oh no, oh no. And you push through. You guys fall through. You see a young man dressed, you know, in noble clothes in the room alone just fall back as the things that he piled in front of the door are just pushed out of the way. And he falls to the ground and, like, looks at you as if you're about to kill him. He's like, please don't hurt me, please. You walk in the room? Walk is an understatement, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I imagine you pull in Amelia. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 
pull an Amelia and and I look at this noble who's laying on the ground. I'm not going to hurt you, but they are. Help me barricade this door again. Roll a persuasion check on him. Okay. I like that I'm having you play a fighter and you've certainly roll <laughs> a charisma more, character. More <laughs> I'm not supposed to. It's, I'm just playing the character again. Whoops. It's 11. Okay. 11. He, like, takes a bit, but he, yeah, he gets up and, and starts to kind of grab a few things, but he's not moving super fast. He seems kind of scared of you, like, and he's always keeping an eye on you. But, yeah, he starts helping your barricade. By the way, you didn't need to pull Jonathan in. He was in, like, before you even had a chance to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I figured he was, he was helping me out. He's yeah. the bigger barrel-chested guy, probably fell through the door. Yeah, but, yeah, so you, you just start grabbing anything and everything in the room? Yeah, anything we could find trying to barricade the door, and then while we're doing that, just like quickly take a look back, see if there's anything in the room we can do to escape, or if there's a window, if there's anything going on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you you just take a quick glance. You know, you see some cabinets, some desks. The guy had put like a bookshelf in the way. It seemed like about the only thing uh, he could maybe push there because it was close. You do see marks along the ground where he like <laughs> had to drag it. He could not pick it up. But yeah, of course, pretty stuck quickly, with this weak bitch. <laughs> you're able to move stuff in the way and you do start hearing knocking on the door and shoulders going into it. Do you like do anything to help barricade it beyond just putting shit in the way or I mean also pushing against it as much okay. as we can. So yeah, you push against it probably I imagine you tell the other people to as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is Amelia trying to help? Yeah, for sure. She's like, you know, kind of out of the way because she's so much smaller, but like below right. you guys, like pushing against the door. Jonathan has his like back to it and he's kind of like eyeing like the rest of the room. <laughs> like, um, okay, 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 okay. Where, where, where could we go? The noble is just like now against the wall, his hands in his hair, like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. As you look out, you see this seems to be like a study of some sort. There there are a few windows, nothing like massive, but things that you could easily enough crawl out of. Someone as like big as you and Jonathan and, and broad-shouldered and barrel-chested might have to squeeze a little bit, but... Right. Well, lucky for us, I brought my jar of medieval Vaseline. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess we're going to keep barricading that door. Can't really do anything. Asim looks over at Amelia, who's, I guess, also pushing on the door. Lady Amelia, can you look out that window? She nods and like runs over. Uh, it's about eight, ten feet off the ground. Okay, okay. No one seems uh, to be down there. Good, that's good. Okay. It seems like I can't let her jump alone. It's stupid. But like, if I let go of this door, then they're going to get through it probably. They can't send it with the kid. He's an idiot. What else is there in the room? You said there was like other it's a study so there's like desks and stuff but he just moved the the bookcases that was closest mm -hmm. and then you you know pulled like probably some desks as yeah. you're a stronger boy and right put a bunch of shit in the way crap okay the kid looks like he's what like what, like five nine like 120 pounds <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> but his limp corpse corpse is pretty heavy so that <laughs> uh <laughs> all right Asim turns to the the young nobleman Son, what's your name? Um, your name? Um, uh, yeah, Donald. It's Donald. Donald. Okay, okay, Donald. That's Lady Amelia of Tattleburg. We need to get her out of here. And by we, I mean me and Jonathan. I need you to barricade this door. Roll a persuasion check. Jeez. Okay. Thirteen. I'm not staying in here. You let people into my room. No, 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 no. 
I'm leaving. And he uh, walks over to the window that Amelia is looking out of and kind of like pushes her to the side and begins opening it. Amelia, stop him! She like grabs his leg, I guess. She's got the little sword. What are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're asking a ten-year-old girl. You're asking a, a <laughs> little girl to threaten a man with death. I am. <laughs> she like grabs his leg. And he's like, what are you doing? And he like pushes her to the side and she falls down. And then she pulls out the sword and like, I have my needle. (laughs) This time I know something. Fuck you, Donald. Winter is coming. (laughs) What do you do as as she's holding him to sword point? Listen, Donald, I don't want to have to hurt you. I don't want to have to have her hurt you. They push on the door a little hard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But look, either I knock you out and your limp corpse... Holds the door, or you do it yourself. Roll intimidation. This one, I'm better at. I was a nat one. He jumps out of the window. This will provoke an attack of opportunity from Amelia, who will swing. Ah, jeez. But she misses as he jumps out. Okay, good. All right. I didn't want to actually hurt him. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Okay. Asim turns to Jonathan and says, Very good. Are, are we fucked? He looks at you looks at the kid who just jumped out the window. I'm not. And he uh, runs to the window and puts a leg through it and starts climbing out. Not as like much of a jump as the last guy, but he uh, goes out the window. Holy shit. Okay. You hear wow. like a food <laughs> as he <laughs> climbs down and vanishes out of sight. It seems like he uh, landed on the ground. Oh. And then you hear the sound of someone getting up and <laughs> moving along. A seam shock on his face. Eyes open wide, mouth agape. Looks at Lady Amelia. Realizing everything going on, how, even with Fairgood, it was hard enough to keep the door shut. He's using all his force to keep it shut now. Yeah, make a strength check. He rolls a 10. <laughs> well, he gets a 10. You feel like some of the things, like, like the door's kind of going, opening a bit, and some of the things are getting pushed. Most of it is still there blocking the way and you still have a hand on it and are able to push it back. But when they seem to be lining up at the same time, it's getting harder and harder. He, he looks at Amelia and, and just mouths at her, go. Roll a persuasion check. Oh my God, with these poopy rolls, that's an eight. She turns to, towards the door and holds her sword up and out as if like readying for battle. The scene thinks back to the first battle he uh, he took part in after he came to Korcha from, uh, from Vale. He thinks of his friend Cecilia and the fight they had gotten when when they were caught in, in battle with the enemy forces and Asim was trying to hold them off to let her escape, but she stood her ground. He remembers her taking her weapon out, preparing for battle. He remembers holding her limp body. He thinks to himself, I can't let that happen again. Asim removes himself from the door and runs, grabs Lady Amelia, and throws her out the window. <laughs> All right. You're going to have to make a grapple check for it. Luckily okay. for you, you're a 6'4". Yeah, 6'4", and she's fighter. maybe 4 foot. <laughs> okay. What's the grapple check? Is it a strength check or athletics? athletics or? Yeah. Right, okay. Well, good thing. That's plus 4. This has to be the 20. No, it's a, it's a fucking 6, dude. What are these shitty dick? That's a 10. 10 total. She rolled a seven and then a minus two. So (laughs) (laughs) you're able to pick her up and she like looks at you and her eyes are wide 
and like face serious, no no sign of anything but like this raw powerlessness as you pick her up. And she gives you like a small nod as you push her through the window. Ooh, ooh. And as she's on the edge of the window, Asim looks at her and says, Remember, you are who you are. You hope that you saw a brief hint of a smile in her eyes at the very least. Maybe it's something that you're just seeing because you need to see it, but you hope as she falls down. She, I'm going to have make an <laughs> acrobatics check. Okay. She, like, hits the ground kind of awkwardly, but is able to roll. She looks up um, and starts running away. You hear the door being pushed open, this kind of rhythmic as seemingly three shoulders you move into it at the same time. And the things move further and further into the room until the desks, the bookshelf, all the things that were in the way get pushed aside. And you see three men in the door, seems like more men behind them, and they all start walking into the room sword strong. Asim takes his battle axe, like from wherever it is off his back, holds it two-handed in front of him, and looks at them and says, Is this how it ends? Why are you doing this? Orders. Same as what you would follow. Roll for a nit. Oh, okay. Keep that hair short. That is a... Oh my god, dude. A four? That's not good. No, it's not a good. bad roll. These have not been... I don't think I've got a single good roll other than the 20 to get in. <laughs> yeah. All right. So three of them are in the doorway. They mostly seem to be carrying spears and a few with short swords. One of them, who at the top of the order, 18, is going to run up to you and try to poke you with his spear. That's a 11. Probably a miss. Yeah. It's good yeah, to have 19 AC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then the next is a 14. You're a four, you said? Uh, yes. Yeah. I got a few guards to go through. <laughs> okay, cool. Good. Uh, another one who is in the doorway runs up, takes a stab with his spear. That's a six. So Trash. the first one, you kind of like push the spear away. This one, you duck under it. The third <laughs> in the doorway who knocked the door over is going to run up and take a swing with his sword. That's a 21. Mm, that one does hit. Uh, you take six points of slashing damage. Next is a five. So he'll run up and take... Uh, yeah, I guess they're surrounding you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No one has gotten behind you yet, I suppose. But one will run up to the space right next to two of the guys, kind of on an angle from you. Swing at you with a spear. That is an 11. I don't hit. And the next is four. You're up, bro. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, God. They all have attack of opportunity. If you move. Yeah. Right now, there's a guy to your side. Okay. A guy to, like, your left in front of you. Okay. A guy so directly like, in front a, of you. There's a, a guy, guy at my three, a guy at my, like, ten or eleven, and a yeah, guy at my twelve. Twelve, three, nine, eleven, yeah. Okay. I couldn't get through that window if I just try to jump through it. I'm a big boy. You, I mean, you might be able to jump through it enough. Yeah, but yeah. then if I don't, like, just a stupid asshole with my legs hanging in the room. If I try to get through the window and I get stuck, would I have to use another action to get through? Yeah. Okay. Plus, they'll know where she went if he runs out the window. Because he'll just look. Hmm. Okay. All right. Knowing that if he goes out the window, they would see him and probably her. Because they would be looking out the window. He's going to fight just enough. Well, obviously not just enough. How would he know? But, like, he's going to fight for a little while, hoping that she gets away before he tries to mm -hmm. jump out the window. Okay. So, yeah, he's going to slash at 
The guy on his right, because he would be closest to the window. I'd say the window is behind you. So yeah. the guy to your left or right, yeah, would be closest. Okay, then he'll go for the guy on his right. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll slash at him with my battle axe. What a hit. What is that? Is that a, this is a 20 to hit, right? Yeah, duh. It's yeah. hit roll. Yeah, I never played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> okay, that's a 10. That's 14. 14? That's not going to hit. 14 will just hit. Oh, okay. That is 6 damage. Okay. Yeah. You turn, swing your battle axe at him, get him in the side. He starts bleeding. You, you get a little spot, but like digging into his leather armor and digs deep enough to hit him hard. He yells out, ah! <laughs> Yeah. So like your back is to the window, right? Kind of like blocking it. Yeah, trying to block their view out the window, yeah. making sure I'm against the wall so they can't get a little sneak attack on me. But that is also, you know, you're in a corner. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do to protect the girl. And I guess Fairgood and the... Daniel or Donald. I hate him, stupid duck. Then that'll be me. Another one will run through the door, kind of moving into your one o'clock position. Jeez, okay. Um, and cool. take a swing with his sword. Uh, that's an 18. That doesn't hit. Nice, you're at 19? Yeah. Ooh, just strong boy. Yeah, shout outs. You see a six figure standing in the door. Seems like he doesn't have a good shot to you and you can't really tell if he has a bow on him, but it, it does seem like if he did try to fire in, he'd probably just hit one of <laughs> his allies in the back. <laughs> Roll a perception check. Okay. 11. Yeah, it's as you're mo mostly focused as the five dudes <laughs> directly around you. Uh, he seems to be more heavily armored than the others and he kind of like leans against the door almost in a like i'm gonna watch this sort of way seems more intrigued with watching uh you know this strong fighter man trying to take on five people at once than even being so much part of the fight so that's his turn the guy in front of you is gonna swing okay <laughs> with spear god fuck whoever that sixth guy is 11 to hit that'll miss trash another guy with a spear that's a natural 20. All right. Oh. Uh, so that'll hit. Oh, great. Uh, no, it actually doesn't. I have I have counter crit, whatever. <laughs> Hold though, though. So six damage on that one. Uh, one's going to swing at you with a sword. Okay. Oh, after he gets hit, he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, naturally. Minecraft Steve, dude. Uh, yeah. 17 on that one. So that's a miss. And then, oh, shoot. I think this was another sword boy. Nat 2. That's going to miss. Okay. You are up cool. again. Jeez. Yeah, we really moved all the standing stuff I could knock down to the door, huh? <laughs> okay, we'll go, we'll go one more round. That should be enough time. Each round's like... Six seconds. Yeah, that's... She's like... You know, she's small. They run fast. I'm going to attack a different dude on the other side, on my left, on the, on the nine. Okay. Big old axe swing. That is a 12. 12 will not hit. Yeah, I figured. But I bet he got spooked and backed up a little bit. Not like no. physically, but like his head <laughs> he moved back it. a little bit. Oh, okay. I bet he is afraid. I got nothing. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the one that's on your like one o'clock will take a swing with the spear at you. That's a 22. Okay, that's going to hit. For four damage. Okay. <laughs> the person in the back seems to still just be staying there. The one in front of you, swing with the spear. It's a 12, so that'll miss. Another one will swing with a spear. It's a six, so that'll miss. I just, are you just like kind of stand there behind your shield like, there's a Sparta, like Yeah, exactly, yeah, like kicking them back, yeah. like using the, the back yeah. of the battle axe to like knock them back a little bit, like get out of my yeah. face, block the attacks, yeah. Uh, a sword will come at you. 
That's a 21 to hit. Mm, okay. Ooh, for two damage. <laughs> then another sword. 18. It doesn't hit still. Just misses. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Then you're up. Okay. So I can still see that that sixth guy is still out outside of the room, right? Yeah. Okay. Does he look different at all? Can I, like, roll perception for that? Yeah, you can roll. I mean, he, like, seemed to be armored more heavily, wearing, like, probably still Edgewood robes, just more of a leadership position. Okay. I'm going to holler at that guy. Like, uh... uh you might as well join in! He shouts at the guy at the back. Roll a persuasion. <laughs> yeah, this is the character for that. Hey, hey, yes. Sorry, persuasion. Minus one, right? Yeah, that's 18. There you go. That's a roll. Uh, yeah, he, w- he would say that and then make an attack, like, in the midst. He wouldn't wait for him to respond because, okay. I mean, guys in front of him are yeah. still an immediate threat. Not trying to be cool or anything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Going to roll for an attack on one of the side guys. Hey, there's a 20. Where were these earlier? Nat 20 <laughs> or just 20? Nat 20, yeah. All right. Uh, which which guy are you attacking? Uh, One of the guys I already attacked because I guess they're still close enough. The one that you uh, heard? Does one of them the have a sword? <laughs> Uh, the, okay, which one is a sword? Neither of them, right? They're both spear guys? So the one to your left is a sword guy. Okay, then the left guy, because I okay. missed him, and he has a sword. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for him with my battle axe. All right. Okay. What's the two? Uh, so four. Yeah. That's a crit, right? if You, you can either double the dice or roll, like, another D8. Technically, you're supposed to roll two D8s when you do it. Right. Uh, well, let's roll another D8. Whatever. Can't be worse than a two. That's a three. There you go. <laughs> so five plus... Like, plus the bonus? So uh, yeah. seven. Yeah. Seven damage. All right. Yeah. You kind of, like, cut into his shoulder and he yells out. <laughs> you taking your action surge or... Uh, well, no, I thought that was... Well, okay. actually, you know what? Yeah, I will. Why not? I'm not going right. to not get to use it again. This big guy comes in. I'm dead. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll slash at the sword guy again. Why not? Okay. Let's get him for a double. That one's a 17. That'll hit. Cool. For damage... And that's a six. So you hit the first hit kind of in the shoulder. He grabs it. And then, like, he doesn't expect you to come back for another, but you swing back around and just chop, like, halfway into his neck and pull out, and he falls down to the ground, dead. Jeez. Got him. All right. Anything else? You do have a bonus action. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could gain health back. I mean, I might as well. If I do that, can I still shout at the guy afterwards? Yeah, that's... Shouting's a free action. Yeah. That's a... Okay, cool. Sure. All right. Yeah, for my bonus action, I'm going to use Second Wind. Get a little health back. So that's D10. Hey, cool. That's uh, 12 health back. Okay. It's almost like I didn't get hurt. Uh, and then I'll shout at the guy, because, you know, I just killed one of his soldiers. So I don't even... This guy's... You know, this guy's ain't nothing. It doesn't even look like I got that hurt. Uh, I'm going to shout at the guy at the back again and be like, You want to take his place? So going off of your earlier shout and whatnot we'll we'll factor all that role with everything you say a spearman is up first though who is going to take a stab at you (laughs) okay natural one i'm I'm gonna say he like swings at you and you kind of like grab the spear and like pull it out of his hands and just throw it out the window like behind you (laughs) that's cool that's great so he's just just got his hands now damn i guess you take the dead guy's sword yeah, he'd have to move across him. Yeah, but. no, totally, yeah, but he could still do that. The guy in the back, you see him put his hand up. Stop fighting, stop, stop the fighting. On their turns, each of the men, and he, like, kind of takes a few steps towards you. All of the men, like, turn to him confused, like, bloodlust in their eyes still, but they listen to the command, and on each of their turns, you know, the one in front of you, 
takes like a step out of the way. Um, technically, you know, provoking attack of opportunity if you'd like to <laughs> swing I, at him. Man, a seam ain't no bitch. <laughs> okay. So yeah, the, the people in front of you in the order all kind of walk out of the way and the man kind of steps into your line of sight as they clear. You see, to the best of your ability, you do not recognize the man himself by any means, uh, but he seems to be a knight of Edgewood, uh, has okay. a nice sword with some rubies on the hilt, a smug look on his face. You look like quite a fighter. I'd be happy to kill you to my sword. You can try. He kind of gives like a look to all of his men to like move aside and they kind of take a few steps back, <laughs> creating a sort of like arena <laughs> for you. Uh, he like, yeah, readies his sword, does that, like pulls it out, does a little douchey spin uh, around his hand and holds it out. <laughs> I'm going to have you re-roll a knit. You guys will be starting a new fight, technically. Okay. Come on. This has got to be the good knit roll. Come on, baby. Two. No. <laughs> no. It's actually two. Uh, <laughs> plus one, so three. All but right. He acts first. <laughs> he is going to run up to you, holding a sword with two hands, and take two slashes. Versus a nat 20. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, that does 11 damage. Okay. Oh, wait, actually, it does a little more. Yeah? Yeah, sorry. Uh, it does 18 total damage. Okay. And his second is a 19 to hit. Okay, well, so that hits, uh, yeah. 22 to hit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that will do 8 damage. So, Jeez. what was that, 17 and 8, 25 total? Yeah, I'm looking a little ouchy, a little hurty. Jesus. All right. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Ow. You know, feel a little less confident. Seems thinking, bad idea, maybe. <laughs> I feel like now's maybe the moment to jump through the window. But it... <laughs> But it has to work on one go because he doesn't have action surge anymore because he had to show off. <laughs> so maybe he just stands his ground. Maybe he doesn't run. Yeah. You know what? He stands his ground. He does. He's not running. He ain't no baby. He is a little bit, but not right now. He's going to he's gonna look up at this. He's going to look up. I don't know. They say uh, you're probably you're probably a little bit taller. The man's tall right. enough, though. But I also just got, you know, bodied. So he's probably yeah. like down on one knee looking up at him or something. Takes his battle axe. Looks looks at the guy dead in his barely you can see eyes through the holes in the mask. And swings his battle axe. Uh, just aiming for the guy's chest. All right. Roll the hit. <sighs> That's a 10. He kind of like just parries it to the side laughing. Uh, seems spits up a little blood and looks at him again. Just finish it, you coward. He's gonna look at you, give a nod. I thought this would be more exciting. And take swings at you again. Versus a nat one, though. Oh, okay. I imagine you hold up your shield. Yeah, just try to block the like, shot. <laughs> you're like, I, I'm fine dying, but... <laughs> but I'm not going out I, like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so you hold it up. The sword gets like stuck in the wood i'm gonna say he loses his second attack in an effort to try to pull it out which he is able to pull it out but you're up okay jeez oh, maybe i should have tried jumping out the window uh <laughs> seems sees that he's rocked and uh tries to 
get up a little bit and swings at uh, swings at his legs on the way up with the battle axe. All right, roll the hit. Better. It's 15. It's not going to hit, but... Yeah, 15 better. will miss. <laughs> it kind of just bounces off the plate armor of the knight. This has been, like, the most depressing ending <laughs> to anything D&D related I've probably ever done. <laughs> anything else? I guess that's me. <laughs> I don't really have anything else yeah. to do. I could move, but, like, <laughs> yeah. trying to jump out the window, I guess. Like, I'm not going to do that. I've already committed to dying, so whatever. <laughs> He uh, is going to look down at you, admiring your fight a little bit. Uh, not necessarily, obviously he got you on a bad day and after being attacked <laughs> by five of his henchmen. But yeah, he's going to take swings at you again. 22 to hit. That one hits. Uh, that'll be eight damage. Okay. He's feeling the hurt. And that is 13. Hey, that one doesn't hit. Man. See, uh I don't know. Whatever. He called him a coward. He can't jump out the window. And then he's the coward. <laughs> all right. I see him with all the strength he has left. Looks up at the guy again without falter, without any any sort of fear. He knows this is his time, but he keeps on fighting. He swings his battle axe once more, aiming for his chest. Roll the hit. That one. <laughs> this is kind of perfect, but also very frustrating. <laughs> you, you swing and he just, with his sword, parries it and the battle axe flies out of your hand. Seam looks up at him, just staring up at him. Down on his knees, I guess, because, you know, just completely gave up and failed. Looking up at him. He, uh, he grabs the small banner bit of the house sigil that, uh, Cecilia gave him all those years ago. So he looks up at this towering knight. Waiting for his end. The knight looks down and gives a nod and takes two swings with the sword. The seed thinks of mom and dad. They'll never see him. They'll never get to protect the village. Blood splatters across the stone floors of the keep. You hold your last thoughts as tightly as you can in your mind, thinking of how you spent your life to protect others. There certainly could be worse ways to go. And that's where we'll end this session. Oh. I love you, my big boy. <laughs> I'll miss you. Oh, man. I don't feel good. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. That, that hurts. Like, it was great. Damn. <laughs> Did I didn't think that was where that was going to go at all. <laughs> I didn't either yeah i yeah. thought you'd get out the door but i think it was kind of a perfect or out the window rather mm -hmm. but i think it was kind of a perfect end for him too like it makes it makes sense especially you know like i i didn't have as full of an idea of the backstory that you created other than like the quick little notes that i read of yours yeah but the idea of him being the one to let others go and not like leave people behind you know like Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh, yeah. depressing. It's sad. It's it's crazy that in those two hours I both figured out the character enough to like go through that and also like had it had the roles work where that made sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was really hoping for a heroic like 
Like, I felt bad, obviously, that the knight rolled a fucking bat 20 on this first yeah. one. And then you rolled fours and ones. <laughs> like, Yep, that's a bad game. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. You want to go cry, man? You wanna... <laughs> a little bit. That was really good. That was really yeah. good. Like, jeez. Uh, yeah. Well. It ends with him looking down on, or someone looking down on him. On him and uh, the yeah, whole Yeah, and the whole oh, thing, God. yeah. Oh, man. Jeez. Oh, that was really good. Jeez. What the hell? <laughs> it's, it's the sort of, like, feels bad session, but yeah. <laughs> that hopefully made for a compelling story. Totally, yeah. That's the, you know, that's the episode everyone hates to watch, but has to watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, gosh. Yeah, uh, so that uh, is, I suppose, it's obviously been long referred to in the uh, podcast before, but that is the first time the day Black Sun has shown. What other mysteries meal. await? Yeah. Who, who else? No, who even? Come, maybe Emil comes back. Who knows? Not Emil, though. Uh, Emil. A, a, the Archmage Emil? Or your boy? No, no, no. Emil's no, Emil. dead. Oh. He got stabbed. Maybe he comes back, dude. <laughs> That's true. We haven't right. necessarily seen the end of anyone. But yeah. Uh, what has happened to Jonathan Fairgood? Is he okay? <laughs> Where's Amelia? Is she all right? <laughs> the heiress to the Duchess. Tune in in the future to find out. Uh, for anyone that's uh, listened in, in earnestness all the way through, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, for thanks for that. joining. Yeah. For this depressing bout. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Such a depressing end to such a, like, I don't know, such an interesting character. Endearing. From what I had, yeah. anyways. Yeah, endearing. Like, you know, he has his... Principled. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got his principles. He's got his, you know, he's got his morals. He's got his own personal thing he's got going on didn't even get to play it out it's awesome no i like that it's really cool no i really genuinely i genuinely think it's cool that like you know we we together there kind of well i mean yeah me but like you know you you two you 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 played a big role uh we made a character together (laughs) obviously you created i created the scenario for that character. of course yes you gave me the uh yeah, there you go. That's, I gave you the nice choice to it. stand up and die. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool that we got to come up with that stuff. And, like, there was so much room for more, but we didn't need it. You didn't need it. Yeah. You know, I think everything that needed to come across came across. That, that really is good. an interesting really that. view. Like, the, I, it is interesting to think of characters that way that could be a hundred session characters, right? Like, you yeah. certainly could have done something a hundred sessions with him and have it work and be great and developed. But it also worked really well for one session to get an idea of his principles, who he is, who he would die for. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's a sign of a well-crafted character that they can work on any level. I think uh, on a deeper discussion of character death, (laughs) that is obviously (laughs) important to do at the end of this episode of Once Upon a Roll. And obviously, this is slightly more narrative. I, I, if I was being more true to life, I should have given you death saving throws. But at that point, it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, okay, uh, he gets back up yeah. and then gets hit again. <laughs> and there's a knight and five dudes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think with character death, what can be hard is like creating a character that you're like, if he dies now, then it's all for naught. You know what I mean? That's always yeah. a hard thing of like, if a character dies too soon, does their story feel complete or matter in any sort of way? So I think when you can have it be like where it could be something that could develop for a hundred or die in one session and still be a really good story is definitely a well-crafted character. Yeah. 
you know, pat on my back, I guess. Good, uh, good. Wow. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, what you were saying at the start about um, how you feel like a lot of people end up doing the one-on-one sessions and feel that element of like, oh, yeah, I could be a DM. You know, that was cool. Like, yeah. No, I mean, you know, I obviously not. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to do my first session. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of that at the start where I was like, you know, we, we don't really do that in in uh, in your campaign where we're presented with a question and we have to come up with that sort of stuff on the fly. Not mm-hmm. often anyways, at least not anymore because we've got more established characters. Sure. So it was, it was nice to do that sort of first session character thing mm-hmm. where someone asks a question and you kind of have to come up with it. That was really cool. I really like yeah. that. I miss doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a fun part of earlier in a campaign. I think, too, with a one-on-one session, it's like when you're playing a group, which is obviously... I love playing with a group. It's a ton of fun. Um, but you are always thinking about the other people, as you should be, you know? Yeah. Um, which means, like, a lot of things end up being decisions by committee of, like, obviously there's times where just your character will make a choice. But, like, with bigger things, where to go, what to do, it's like, well, what do you guys think? What seems like the best choice? But then yeah. when it's you being like, all right, this is the situation I'm going to manufacture. I'm going to, you know, peek on this door here to see what the best path through you know like you're you're making more decisions on like scouting where to go what to do like and you as the only player have to do it like (laughs) which gives you a lot of agency in in that regard and not like always thinking about what's the best plan that everyone agrees is the best plan for sure yeah definitely yeah yeah i really really like that that element of this this was this was really cool in that regard of like yeah like you can't you know, there were moments where I was thinking, like, oh, I'd send the guards to go do something. But also, like, yeah, you can't, you know, they're NPCs. You can't make everyone do what you want all the time. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to... And the roles were really bad, too, which helped in me yeah. having to actually do things. But yeah, no, that was great. Like, yeah, that was... Compared to all the other characters I've played, it was cool to play, like, a forceful, mm-hmm. kind of, like, no-nonsense character. Yeah, I wasn't here for jokes, because everyone I do is... <laughs> charismatic some, and funny and stupid yeah 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 <laughs> yeah uh so yeah no that was yeah man and it still ended up being like because you know i'm really big into narrative stuff for D. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my big thing I, you know fighting's whatever but yeah i can't believe it still turned into something like that i did not even think it was gonna be like i thought we would just get out of there and that would be it like you know where do we go who knows but no mm-hmm. it ended up being like a big thing that was awesome yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thanks for playing, Jesse. Thanks, yeah. anyone who listened. Thanks, thanks for listening. Um, you know, I'll have another episode at some time in the future, as that's the only time I could do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, have have a great day, Ender Knight, um, and see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>